With the current market conditions and what we have seen throughout the crypto industry, it highlights the importance of self-custody and holding your private keys with Bitcoin. Ledger, they're the largest crypto hardware wallet in the world. They're trusted by over 4 million customers. Their Ledger Live app makes it easy to securely manage, buy, and trade your crypto. If you do not control your own private keys, you simply do not own your Bitcoin. Exchanges that have had an exhaustive history of being hacked, not all but some. Hardware wallets protect against you losing your funds. To get started today, go into the link in my show notes and start securing your Bitcoin assets with Ledger. Welcome back everyone to another episode of Insightful Principles. Thank you all so much for listening. First and foremost, want to say Happy New Year to all of my listeners and hope you all had a safe and blessed new year. And I hope that everyone listening has a prosperous 2023 as well. I have a lot of special things outlined for all of you uh, with my content and just with my brand, Insightful Principles, and the impact that I will have when it comes to just financial literacy. I'm going to bring some some different topics this year, things that have you uh, thinking in different ways, as well as bringing on uh, some impactful guests that can also share their experiences as entrepreneurs, uh, but also just reaching out and bringing a different perspective with people with different backgrounds. So uh, definitely stay tuned for that. Um, But as always, if you all can continue to rate, leave a review and share this podcast with your family and friends, uh, that's greatly appreciated. Uh, Now, in today's episode, what I want to talk about is uh, my predictions for uh, thematic themes throughout 2023. And when I say thematic, I'm really talking about investing and looking at particular sectors. Um, I think that we're going to be in a market that is going to consider us to be more selective, become more defensive and look at searching for value as well as growth within your portfolio but i think with the growth aspect you do have to be selective and i'm going to talk about exactly what i mean throughout this podcast now healthcare consumer staples utilities uh historically are defensive sectors that tend to be more stable and perform better during a recession Um, But throughout this content, I'm going to break down a few sectors that I think that has the potential to not only increase throughout 2023, but moving forward uh, within the future, especially with, you know, within a down market. And some of those sectors that I'm going to really talk about is commodities, cybersecurity, robotics and artificial intelligence. Now, keep in mind, all recessions are not the same and, and one sector could perform well in one recession and not perform well in another. When I think about 2023, uh, I think in our market that we're going to see throughout the year, um, you are going to have to be diversified across all asset classes. It's no longer going to be just a 60-40 uh, allocation, which is simply the 60% in stocks, 40% in bonds. I think that that strategy is starting to change. And even when we looked in 2022, um, stocks and bonds, you know, had their worst year uh, in, in such a long time. And I, and I think that in this type of market, um, you have to also look at alternative investments. And I think a focus on hard assets, you know, things like physical gold and silver, uh, natural resources, you know, commodities, uh, these could be beneficiaries of higher inflation. 
and it seems to be suitable with these type of asset classes within a recessionary environment that can help you to be able to maintain your profits and to also be able to preserve your capital in a downward market. And I think the reason why I like commodities is because they act as an inflation hedge and they also can be utilized to preserve your wealth. And it's not just about how much you make within a market, but also how much you keep. So some of the reasons why I think that gold could potentially have a great year is because of just the overvalued stock valuations. We st still have seen with a lot of high tech names, you know, they tend to have higher valuations and also looking at the recession risk of everything that we're seeing from a global macro standpoint. I think that that puts gold in a great position to increase and then also we look at a weaker dollar and also inflation remaining much higher than the Fed's target. Um, all of these are different elements of why I think the gold uh, could t potentially uh, do very well uh, in this type of market. Now, I did want to break down just some historical uh, figures when it comes to gold. And when you look at last year, uh, it only was down negative 0.23%. And when you think, when you think about gold as a preservation of wealth, this is what I'm talking about. Whereas when you look at something like an S&P 500, which a more majority of that sector is going to be focused more on technology uh, with 500 of the publicly traded companies, uh, that uh, sector, that index, uh, in fact, was actually down somewhere around 19%. So you can kind of see just looking at that comparison, what I mean uh, when I talk about preserving your capital and, and having that stability. Uh, when it comes to your wealth in the market. So, you know, I think last year it, it didn't go up. It didn't go down. It pretty much, it went down a, less than 1%. But for the most part, the price pretty much stayed around the same number. Now, when I also look at this historical chart and I look at a year like 2008, when we had the great financial crisis, leading up to that, we had two years previously where in 2006, the gold price throughout the year was at 23.92%. And then in 2007, it was actually at 31.59%. And if, even if we look further down and we also think about the dot-com era, yes, in 2000, the gold price was at negative 6.26%. But if you look at the early 2000s, uh, when you look at gold from 2002 even to 2007, I mean, the gold price literally went from 23.96 percent in 2002 and then in 2007 it actually was at 31.59 percent so you know i think in times where we have economic uncertainty when we're dealing with recession risk we're, we're talking about the economy going in a downturn and demand going down uh, this is why I like gold. And I think even having some silver, even though a lot of people will say silver is more on the speculative side, I still th think any type of hard asset such as gold and silver is a, a great uh, complement when it comes to diversifying your portfolio. And also with gold, uh, the United States is the largest uh, gold reserve holder. Uh, out of all of the other countries, they have over 8,000 tons of gold. Uh, they So that just goes to show how important it is when it comes to their balance sheet. And even if we look more recently, 
uh, Turkey, uh, Russia, and China, they have been coming more active with buying more gold. Uh, Germany is actually the second largest holder of gold reserves. They're at a little bit over uh, 3,000 tons of gold. Uh, and then also, if you just look at gold um, uh, over just uh, the last three months since November 2002, um, gold has had a spike up. You know, so far this year, uh, we're only, you know, one day into the trading year uh, as I'm recording this on January 3rd, 2023. Um, gold has had a good little spike up. You know, even if you look at from November of 2002 to January of 2023, um, gold moved somewhere between six, uh, $1,600 and now it's somewhere around, it closed at $1,837 as of the last market close on January 3rd. So um, we are at a six month high when it comes to the gold price. So those are good signs to see that um, it's starting to get closer to test a resistance area. Um, I think probably some areas to pay attention to to see if it breaks resistance is you know looking at somewhere around 1850 you know i think is a number to look at and, and anything uh kind of getting closer uh to 1865 1870 or kind of some levels that i'm looking at so i think that those you know are some levels uh to kind of pay attention to but i think that the gold price is going to improve it may push down a little bit because we also seen this in um 2022 uh, the gold price spiked up to over $2,000 in the first quarter of the year. And then pretty much it had kind of stayed in the range uh, throughout a majority of the year. So if you're a podcast enthusiast like I am, you probably thought about making a podcast on your own. Creating a podcast is one of the best decisions I've made personally, but it definitely can feel overwhelming when trying to start one on your own. That's where Buzzsprout comes in. Their platform is hands down the easiest and the best way to launch, promote, and track a professional podcast. It's in fact so good that they have helped over 100,000 people launch their own podcast. Buzzsprout will get your show on every major podcast directory such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more within minutes of your recording. You also get a great looking podcast website, detailed analytics to see how people are listening to your podcast, and tools to promote your episodes as well. Plus, Buzzsprout publishes new blog posts, podcast episodes, and YouTube videos every week. So you can learn the ins and outs of podcasting from people that live it every day. To start your own podcast and to get a $20 Amazon gift card, follow the link in the show notes that lets Buzzsprout know that we sent you and help support our show. Buzzsprout, the easiest way to start a podcast. So it's yet to see what will happen, but I think with the elements with higher interest rates, uh, with tighter inflation, more stickier inflation, um, that does put gold in a great position. Um, one other thing that I also like to look at when it comes to looking at sectors uh, to get a particular idea of what a sector can potentially do um, over time and what is done in the past. Uh, I look at Fidelity Investments website. They have a sectors and in, in industries overview where you can look at each sector and it tells you the market cap. It tells you what is done at the last market close. It shows what the sector did over the last year. And then you can even look at the particular industries within that sector and you can see which one has done tremendously well. So, for example, when you look at something like energy, um, that was the only sector that did uh, 
the best as a sector um, throughout 2022. It was up 58.37%. And a lot of the different industries within the energy sector is like energy equipment and services, oil, gas, and consumable fuels. Uh, so I definitely think that those are some exciting things, kind of looking at those sectors. I think energy is going to continue to have a, a strong year and a continuation um, as long as inflation continues to stay sticky and we see prices of goods and services kind of continue to stay where it's at or increase. Um, I also think when I look at something like industrials, uh, aerospace and defense did exceptionally well uh, in 2022. Um, it was actually up 15.55%. Now, the sector as a whole was down negative 7.06%. But aerospace and, and defense is one thing that I'm going to be really paying attention to. Um, but I also think that other sectors here uh, that really have shown potential is, you know, kind of like what I mentioned, you know, I think that uh, commodities is, is going to be natural resources, uh, things that are going to allow you to be able to protect your capital in this type of market. And, and looking at things like agriculture, you know, I think with agriculture uh, items such as, you know, cattle, corn, cotton, beans and rice, wheat, uh, these things have to be, be produced regardless of what happens in the economy. So when you talk about us being in the midst of a recession, I like things that people are going to absolutely need. Um, and I think you can look at it from both sides. You can look at investing in the direct products and services that are within a grocery store or looking at, you know, different grocery store brands, whether you're looking at a Target or a Walmart, a Dollar General that's more what I think more on the front end, but on the back end, when we start talking about commodities, natural resources, you can start looking at things of the production aspects. And even when you talk about mining uh, with uh, gold and all of these different elements, you know, I think looking at it from both sides is the way I like to structure a portfolio. And I think with us going into this economic downturn, uh, when demand is going down, you have to think about how to position your portfolio. And I think that commodities and natural resources and, and looking at, uh, you know, energy, looking at aerospace and defense are going to be some things that I'm going to be paying attention to. I also think that, you know, when we talk about hard assets, I'm, st I'm still in favor of Bitcoin. I think that there has to be a lot of education explaining the differences between Bitcoin and also what altcoins are doing when you look at it in comparison to Ethereum or Cardano or XRP. Bitcoin is trying to solve a problem when it comes to monetary debasement uh, with our U.S. dollar system. And I think that the fundamentals of Bitcoin has not changed. And I, I my uh, thesis on it is I'm hedging myself against the devaluation of the U.S. dollar. And I look at it. Um, as Bitcoin being a long-term investment. So even though 2022 Bitcoin was down negative uh, 69%, that plays a tremendous role on your portfolio. But I think if you have a five, 10 year time horizon and you understand that when we look at the US monetary system, it's a system that's fixated on credit expansion and the cost of capital is constantly manipulated. And even when we think about our national debt levels, when we think about how much debt the U.S. actually has, the interest ex expense on that debt is becoming much higher than the tax revenues that the country is bringing in. 
And not only that, the insurance expense is getting to the point where it's becoming much higher, where the government is not going to be able to provide funding for healthcare spending, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, all of these different elements are going to be impacted. And I think with the country being in a deficit since 2001, this is why I say that you have to be an investor in Bitcoin because it's, it's, it's solving a problem to separate from that system and it's a better monetary system. It's a better transition when it comes to being able to exchange value when it comes to money across the world. Uh, another sector that I also like is cybersecurity. Um, I think the cyber, cyber attacks are actually up 81% over the pre-pandemic levels and the economic costs that they inflict are set to reach $10.5 trillion. And with an economic downturn, uh, being selective in the tech space, this is what I mean. I think you have to pick your spots. And cybersecurity is a spot that I want to focus on because I think that one thing that I've done research on is that a lot of companies, a lot of CROs, CEOs are looking at ways of how they can cut back on spending because of economic uncertainty. And with cybersecurity, it's the one technology that is least likely to be cut within a downturn. So if you see here with cybersecurity, it really shows that it's 30% less likely to be cut. You think about software, which a lot of SaaS companies, software as a service. So you think about a company like Salesforce. Uh, these are all the companies in this in uh, this sector in general is 23% least likely to be cut. Uh, this chart also shows with uh, digitalization is 18% less likely to be cut. Um, so these are expenses that companies are simply going to have to pay because you have to protect yourself from hackers and making sure that uh, your employees, your data information, your information for uh, your, your, your customers, you want that stuff to be protected. So I think that when you look at also software as a service, uh, SaaS companies, um, those contracts have been uh, being extended and there is a lot of new capital that is coming into the cybersecurity hardware solution space for data centers and also servers. And then also when you think about biometric security, so you think about with your iPhone, uh, with the face ID, this type of sector is, is projected to have an annual growth rate of 14.1% through 2027. So I, I like biometric security. You know, I, I like looking at cybersecurity, software as a service companies. I think all of these different elements within cybersecurity are going to evolve and continue to get much better. Um, I also think that robotics and, and artificial intelligence, as we continue to grow throughout this decade, um, it's going to have a greater use when it comes to logistics, warehouses, manufacturing, healthcare, the financial services industry, and some of the reasons of why a lot of companies are starting to implement more AI and robotics is because it helps alleviate cost pressures and also it helps enhance automation. Did you know that you can invest into Bitcoin through a tax shelter account known as an IRA? iTrust Capital allows their clients to invest in crypto through an individual retirement account or an IRA. IRAs are tax sheltered accounts, which means all your crypto trading is tax free and can even grow tax free over time. Clients have access to 24 seven investing 
anytime, any place. The best part is that it's totally free to open an account and there's no hidden fees. You don't need to pay any monthly subscription or membership fees either with a new mobile app that allows clients to trade whenever they want. iTrust Capital has really earned its place in the market being voted best crypto investment platform in the US. As a special tip for my viewers and listeners, if you open and fund an account, you will get a $100 funding bonus added to your account. To learn more, click the link in the show notes and open a free account and get started contributing to your Bitcoin IRA today. And for every dollar of increased wages, the investment in robotics becomes increasingly attractive and ongoing robotics growth is being driven not only by rising labor costs, but lower robotic prices. And as you can see here with this chart, that's really breaking down, uh, just comparing it to labor costs and also looking at the cost of automation. When you think about robots, uh, the line at the top is for labor costs. So for those listening on the podcast, pretty much what's happening is labor costs are steadily starting to go up higher and higher. And then with the automation costs with robotics, that's starting to decrease lower and lower. So I think that this is just showing the impact that I think that uh, robotics and, and AI is going to have on the digital economy and how it's going to re replace jobs. Unfortunately, you know, I think another theme that a lot of people have been talking about that has been groundbreaking is just chat GBT, uh, which is pretty much a artificial intelligence uh, a bot chat space that you can use online and you can create a conversational dialogue just like you would with a human and it really allows you to um it allows you to interact with uh, a robotics uh person on the opposite end that can acknowledge their mistakes um they can also challenge you know incorrect premises and it also can reject inappropriate requests so you know i definitely think it's something that you should all check out it's pretty interesting um, I know the website is openai.com. Uh, if you type in ChatGBT on Google, you'll be able to get this pulled up and you'll be able to actually chat with an artificial intelligence uh, bot. And you can really see how smart these things are. Now, there still are challenges with it. You know, a lot of people have said that, you know, some of the challenges is, you know, a lot of the information that they can provide uh, can be some misinformation, you know, and I know they're still trying to work out, um, some of the kinks when it comes to this technology, but I think that the growth that is having is going to be tremendously valuable. Um, so, you know, I think that those are going to be some investing thematic themes that I'm really paying attention to. I'm really going to be, uh, having a more defensive approach this year, because I think we will continue to see a continuation of volatility, like we see in 2022, and I think looking at commodities, natural resources, uh, cybersecurity, looking at robotics and artificial intelligence, hard assets, all of these different things are going to have a, a big impact throughout 2023. But let me know what you all think. I would love to, you know, get your feedback. You, you can you can always email me. Uh, and I'll have all my contact information in the show notes. We'd love to want to know more about what your predictions are uh, throughout 2023. And if you all can please continue to rate, leave a review, continue to share uh, this podcast with your family and friends. And I thank you all so much for listening and 
I'll see you all on the next episode. Take care.